Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea, on assignment. No, he's not here. But we got Joey D's running the board. Hey. On today's show, we will get a season review from Sabrina, from Vicky. Yes. Uh, about Sabrina, from Vicky. Not only See? season, but season finale, oh, series finale. Series. Mm-hmm. Nice. Wow. We will also talk about what family rule is in your house when it comes to board games. Oh, snap. Maybe more, and of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have a blog, podcast, and more. more. But realistically, just, you know, social media, because I am always posting on the Facebooks all the memes. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes. BJ Shay's Geek Nation. BJ Geek Nation. We're there. Yeah. Easy. And like, if you get on the Facebook page, uh, there, Vicky posts just so many articles that we don't necessarily get. Uh, we don't can't really get get to to, you know on this podcast because we have about a half hour three times a week and there's just so much information and we want to kind of keep it less timely when we're talking about stuff here because we don't know when you're going to listen to it but if you want to get that up-to-date news like us on Facebook, follow mm-hmm. all that stuff, and bug Vicky via the comments on that. Yes. Do it. <laughs> uh, I did want to talk about the series finale of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, because Vicky, as our resident binger, knows to uh, just plow through all of these things so she can uh, talk about them and uh, give her thoughts. Um, the first question I do have, though, mm-hmm. having watched uh, all four seasons, correct? Yes. Do you feel that watching all four seasons was a worthwhile experience for you? I'm glad it's wrapped up. I feel like the way watching it, you can tell when a show, they were expecting to have a few more seasons or at least one more season. Mm-hmm. Um, because I felt like some things were just very easily wrapped up, if you will. Uh, a little too uh, a little, neat. Like either that or it was just a like. tidy. Oh, yeah. By the way, here's this thing. Oh. Or. Yeah. Or it's like, okay, we're going to do this now, but where's where did this go? And it's. Okay, so should I spoil it? Because it's been out for a while. Okay, it has you... been out for a while. I don't necessarily have any plans to see it. And even if I do see it, I'll probably forget spoilers. But for all of our listeners, spoiler, spoiler. alert. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Joe, do you care if I Go spoil? right ahead. <laughs> How much have you guys seen, by the way? Zero. Zero. Really? I thought you saw the first season. No, no, that was BJ. BJ has, I think, only seen the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sabrina came out pretty back-to-back. Like, the first uh, season... In uh, the second season, we're only like six months apart, yeah. which is pretty quick for a show. Um, for example, some of the things that got kind of wrapped up that or things that kind of happened that I kind of was like, well, what's what's going on here? And I kind of have to backtrack and explain a little bit. One of the things I really liked about this season is that we did get a hint of the old Sabrina show, which is Sabrina yeah, the you Teenage mentioned that. Witch. Yeah, you did mention that. Yeah. So I finally got to that episode. And basically, because where we left off last season, season three, there was two Sabrinas created, and instead of merging to come back to becoming one, they decide to coexist in that universe or in that, uh, whatever they call it, not galaxy, but realm, excuse me. Yes, yeah, realm. there you go, yeah. Uh, and so one of them decides, I'm going to be the ruler of hell, and the other one wants to go be a teenager. Yeah, sure, why not? Of course. Which yeah, right? works all fine, but yeah. in theory, this is not a good idea to do because it's a possibility that you can 
pull all, you know, the fabric of all the realms together and destroy either your realm, another realm, or all the realms. Oh, dear. So it's not a good idea to do this, but they're teenagers. <laughs> she's 16. She doesn't care. She's going to do what she wants to do. I do what I want. <laughs> exactly. Which <laughs> makes me feel very old where I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> how many Stop times? It. Yeah. How many times have you been doing that? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, she's keeping a secret. It kind of came out. Uh, because we also are dealing with the Eldritch Horrors, which is pretty cool to see how they manifest and how they kind of become. And learning a little bit more about Eldritch Horrors as being somebody who hasn't really read anything about Lovecraft, it was a cool like story arc to kind of go down this path. That being said, they, decide, they discover that things are kind of getting eaten up. One of them has to go to a different realm, which is basically like a different... Oh, um, yeah, okay. Like a different, not timeline, but uh, multiverse, basically. Mm-hmm. And so when Sabrina crosses over to this other multiverse, one of the Sabrinas is the one that was ruling hell. So they go by different last names. They're Spellman, the Earth one, and then uh, Morningstar, which is Lucifer's Yeah, Lucifer's hell. last name, yeah, or when yeah. they, yeah, whatever, yeah. yeah. So Morningstar <laughs> ends up going, she lost rock, paper, scissors, has to go into this other realm <laughs> where she meets Aunt Zelda and Aunt Hilda, but played by the original ants. That's great. Which is cool. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, so these are my ants, and there's a laugh track, but it turns out this universe, it's basically she's on, on a TV series that's been going on forever. This is an ongoing TV series. That is meta. And she is like the newest <laughs> actress to play Sabrina. Okay. It's like Doctor okay. Who or something Kinda. like that. And so she's like watching the pilot and it's her, but she's not understanding like whatever happens to the characters happens to them in real life. So oh. it's basically going back to season one and a lot of the stuff that has already happened, like her dating Harvey or like uh, Roz tr- becoming slowly becoming blind. Like even though that's in the script, she is becoming blind. Oh. And so she discovers that, and she's not the star, by the way, of the show. It's not Sabrina. Oh, she's, whoa. She's not. The star of the show is Salem, the cat. And it is an Good actual, call. it's not a CGI cat. It is an actual, really poorly made animatronic type cat kind of like in the animated or not the animated series the old teenage series when they actually had it it honestly i think that salem looked better wow i think they were just trying to play it up which i had no problem with but it turns out they're not really in a different realm they're in another eldritch horror they're in the void oh yeah no not the void i think he was like the not the void actually ends up becoming a the next eldritch horror that's threatening sabrina but now he wants to eat what uh, Salem is. And I'm blinking on what Eldritch Horror he was. Oh, he was one too? Technically, yeah. He decided to become Salem because, you know, nine lives. He's the one that's like, I forget the name of it. It might have been something like Eternity. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm the star of the show. anything, And I'm the writer. And I, anything I say comes true. And so he's like, she decides, hey, well, the Void's going to eat all of us. So we need to get out of here. Let me out. You, whatever, literally he says, like, hey, you know, this person trips and breaks their ankle. It happens. I had to look it up. The Eldritch Terror that Salem is, is the endless. That, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Not infinity. <laughs> this is great. Like, I just it's love that. Goofy. Um, but the one that, like, it bothers me. Like, she ends up coming back to warn everybody the void is coming. And she jumps through a mirror to go back to Sabrina Spellman with Salem. And then when she crosses over, Salem... Or, you know, the endless is nowhere to be found. I'm like, we're okay, I'm just gonna not focus on that because I'm just gonna drive myself crazy. <laughs> I was able to forget about it, but looking back on it, I'm like I would have liked to know what happened to the endless. Yeah. Did he die in that process? Like what's going on? Maybe I didn't see it correctly. Maybe he got caught up, pulled away, but it looked like it worked. I don't know. <laughs> so stuff like that, you can tell they probably just needed to wrap things up quickly. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I had to explain all that. Otherwise, it would not have made sense when I tried to, <laughs> to talk about this. But like little things like that. There was an episode where we do actually see the void and it had a very doctor or not doctor. Um, oh, my God. My brain today. Uh, it's a DC show. Doom Patrol. Doom very Patrol. Doom Patrol feel to it. Ah, uh, Okay. Just because of the way it looked. Uh, so I like that was kind of a cool nod. But other than that, I wasn't underwhelmed. Like, I still was excited to see every episode. I wanted to see what was happening. The ending is not your typical ending. Okay. Because you expect, and they lived happily ever after. They go on, have babies, get married, do all these things. Everyone's happy. Shall I tell you what happens? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, spoiler, spoiler. More spoilers. literally the last thing, how it ends. So while she comes back from the void, like, there's a lot of other stuff that happens. She ends up with part of the void inside of her. So she's consuming everything, whether accidentally or on purpose, and putting it into the void, like people, things. So they have to find a way to get it out. And in that process, she actually dies. Ooh, wow. So she dies at the end. Wow. So they actually go through that. Like, this is how we're going to end this. Mm -hmm. Huh. And so you're like, well, she just got back with her boyfriend, Nick. She ends up not being with Harvey, which is kind of cool. Like, they changed it up a little bit. And so, but they kind of, she's kind of hanging out what looks like a purgatory. It looks like a museum, but just all white. And she's just reading a book. And her boyfriend shows up. She's like, what are you doing here? It's like, yeah, I kind of got caught up in a current. <laughs> and so I don't know if he was like, I ac- accidentally died or I did this on purpose yeah. to kind of be with her. So they end up to be together for the rest of their lives. So it's not your typical ending. Aww. You kind of want her to grow up and graduate and continue on being with her aunts and stuff. And so I'm like, okay. It's kind of sweet though. I, if I like, like with your love at the very end. I like that it's different because it's yeah. not your, you know, you're yeah. not yeah, I'm going to be prom queen and grow up to be the greatest witch ever or the greatest ruler of hell ever. And even how they wrapped up uh, Satan's, Lucifer's kind of story was very dumb. (laughs) (laughs) It's like he takes away someone's power. She's like, hey, I gave you some useful information. If I give you this information, you're going to give me my powers back uh, with Lilith. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, I got you. And then it doesn't work what they were going to do because it turns out Sabrina's the void. And she's like, can I have my powers back, please? (laughs) And he's like, oh, what? No, screw you. I'm busy here. (laughs) And so she has this tool that she convinced somebody else to give her, which is like Judith's like sphere or something, some sort of knife that can kill kind of anybody, basically, if you have superpower or um, So there's just a lot of death going on right there. Right. And so she's mad at him. She didn't get her powers back. Stabby, stabby. So she was going to use this to kill herself because she got her powers taken away. She convinced somebody to get it for her. It's like, oh, yeah, kill yourself. I'm excited. Ha ha. And then she ends up killing Lucifer. All right. Yeah, a little stabby, stabby. And drinking his blood and becoming basically a new Satan, if you will. Satan. And so I'm just like, well, that was too easy. <laughs> this sounds like a D&D campaign where every character either rolled a 20 or a 1. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 It kind oh, of sounds my like- God. If you, that is a good way to look at this series, <laughs> this the last season, to go from whelming to like, okay. Yeah. You're like, like all okay, right. this goes, okay, that goes from like a 6 to like an 8. I like that better. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's my new reality. So uh, if you guys have seen it, let me know what you think. Yeah. Because there's other like dumb things. It's like, hey, why are you wearing a red headband? It's like- because that's the other Sabrina. It's like, what? Really? You can tell it's a different Sabrina because the color of a freaking hairband? Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah, it's just like a mustache, you know? Mustache means you're evil. Yeah, watches Clark Kent, removes his glasses. Super, Oh, right? my God. Yeah, and it's like the meme, which like, I didn't realize that worked until I saw Zoe Deschanel with, without bangs and without glasses. Right. And you're like, okay, that tracks. Mm. Mm. This will work. But it's literally, she's wearing the same type of headband. It's just red. 
But it's red. It's I said, different. Why are you wearing a red headband? Hmm, something's fishy here. It's like, so I think Joe would definitely hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that. Don't bother watching it. Talk to BJ, and I'm just like, eh, don't put this up high on your list. You can watch it eventually. It's I fe- worth it, but yeah. if you have other stuff to watch, watch that first. I found this really fun topic on the old Reddits. Uh, I found it on Ask Reddit, which is basically a subreddit where people can just ask whatever random question. I thought this fit perfectly for BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Is What is an extra rule your family added to a popular board or card game? Mm-hmm. Think about stuff like free parking getting money. That's not an actual rule in the game. Mm. It's just one that people have basically taken over at this point. Uh, the first one that I loved about this one, and it kind of even makes it even a better game, was in Clue. Once the killer has been discovered, it's one of the p- and, and it's one of the pieces in play. The game becomes a chase. The remaining players' turns are rolled to get to, uh, out of the mansion through the doors in the hall. The killer tries to catch the remaining pieces and kill them. Seeker hmm. passages only work if you roll even numbers in that room. The killer rolls twice per turn and cannot use secret passages. Uh, that's actually pretty cool, man. Like uh, it turns into a, a a second part of the game. Uh, one of the person says in Scrabble, the person who makes the longest word goes first. Highest points break a tie. Hmm. This makes the game more fun by ensuring there are lots of places to place your letters, which is good because if someone puts like row at the beginning of that, oh, it's like what the God. hell am I going to do with that? Yeah. How <laughs> did you guys have any uh, any special rules, or do you guys still have any sort of house rules with the games you play? Definitely with Uno, and I didn't realize this is not how you're supposed to play. Because, okay, so a couple things, which I found out later on. You're, I always thought when you're playing Uno, you're supposed to draw cards until you find one of the same color or number. So you might end up with 10 cards. Oh, yeah, no, no. You're no, just supposed to draw, draw one, one and pass, yeah. No, I we always drew as many until we found one, so you'd end up with half the deck sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I think I'd probably still play it that way, but the other thing we would do is that we would make... Draw twos and draw four stackable. Yes, exactly. So if somebody so much fun, and that was even they had an app game with that, which they would do that as well. Mm -hmm. If you had, if they gave you a draw four, you could stack another draw four on that, and it's going around. And so you would, I would always keep my wilds at the end because Mm -hmm. I was like, someone's gonna screw me, someone's gonna screw me, and I'm not dealing with this. So it was, yeah, it was one of those ones that I was like, I was okay with. And I think we later read a rule when, because we were obsessed with Uno when I was a kid, uh, <laughs> where it said if you you're not you're supposed to use your wild cards right away, and if you don't and you suspect somebody having a wild card, I think you can call them out, and if you're wrong, you have to draw ten cards Whoa. or something like that. And if if they they do have a, if they do have wild cards and they hadn't used them, then they have to draw 10 cards or something crazy like that. That's a lot of work. Right? There's a lot of rules on that one. Uh, One of the other ones I really loved on this one came from, I really like running Monopoly with two D20s instead of the default D6s. It makes it a lot more chaotic. (laughs) Could you imagine rolling two 20s and going 40 spaces on it? Does it even have a 40 space? It might have. I mean, you might have to lap over Yeah, you might just go uh, around the world on that one. I feel like I've made a promise to myself if I can avoid it to never play Monopoly again. Yeah, that's one of those ones I never need to play play ever. Yes. Monopoly is really math based, mm-hmm. and you don't really know that as a kid until you get older, and then all of a sudden you go, "Oh my god, you can just destroy people in this game!" And yeah. a lot of tables get flipped. Well, and that's the thing is nobody ever plays it correctly. No, uh, and it's like it's not supposed to be kind of a lovey devy game that you're doing. Like if you don't land on a property, it immediately goes to auction. Like you're supposed mm-hmm. to pick up all the properties super quickly, and it's supposed to show how bad monopolies are. For people, because all of a sudden you're going to lose because you're hitting everybody's place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going last is not fun in that game. No, not Mm-mm. at all. Did you?
Did you have any uh, special rules either growing up or now? Uh, not a whole lot. Don't flip the table. Uh, that was <laughs> a big one. Uh, don't play to win every game. That was a big one. Just in general as a rule of life because, my God, when I was younger, I hated losing. <laughs> hmm, you and my brother. Yeah. This is why I didn't play with him. Uh, but we have things like just retcon stuff where like we'd have uh, in one of the newer games we play, you don't get one of the characters that's involved in the game because it's just overpowered. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see that a lot of the times. But yeah, no no real like house rules. It was pretty cutthroat on our table. My mom loved <laughs> to play uh, cribbage and hearts and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. when you played hearts, all I would try to do is shoot the moon, which is trying to get all the points. Yeah. 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 I and, remember doing that. And they would just look at me and they go, dude, you got to stop. Like you can't do it every single time. Say, Why? Watch me. Yeah, and I try. And go, this isn't going to be a game where anyone wins. It was. It would be like five points, eight points, ten points, and I'd have like a hundred or whatever you have to get to to lose. Done. <laughs> uh, this is a good one too because I know BJ has talked about the alpha gamer, especially mm-hmm. in co-op games, where uh, this guy actually implemented the right hand man rule. If the person whose turn it is does want advice, and it's the big if, they can only get it from the person on their right. Ooh. Nobody else can say anything, and it makes it way more enjoyable that one person isn't just taking over the whole. Game. So games like Pandemic, for example. Exactly. Yeah, this is exactly the ones that I they like did for that. all that. I think that's a nice. Uh, that's a ni- I like that rule. I think that's because we try to, depending on what group I'm playing with, I try not to be that alpha player, especially if I'm the one that knows the game the best. Mm-hmm. But you're like, oh, what should I do? I don't know what to do. I'm like, just, just do this. Do this over here. Yeah, BJ doesn't like to do a lot of the hard math sometimes. (laughs) So we do a lot of arguments, (laughs) and I've just learned, you know what? I'm going to let him do him. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the times you just kind of do that, especially when he's, uh, he has spatial issues when talking about games a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't advise him on any of that. Uh, to finish out this little topic and let us know yours, like if you had any house rules, this is one that is uh, actually perfect. It came out with uh, a rule for my kids with all board games. The winner cleans up, the loser or lowest score picks the next game, tantrums and rage quitting gets you banned from the next game session altogether. So, I mean, that's a house rule because if you've got multiple kids in the house, Someone's going to get mad. Someone's going to flip a table. And mm. again, it goes back to all of that. But this is like putting structure because I bet you this mother has heard enough. Winners clean up? Yeah. I don't know. But winners get winners don't have to clean up. I think if you're going to let the <laughs> losers choose the next game, then I mean, I think that's the punishment is they got to clean up as well. I feel everybody should clean up and at least uh, throw in a little bit at that point. But also it's kind of funny. It's like, would you throw the game and not be the winner if you had to clean up? I mean, maybe in a game like Pandemic. Because oh, yeah. of how much, how many pieces there are with that. <laughs> but I mean, I'm too competitive. I would still win, even if it meant having to clean it up. Oh man, imagine a kingmaker in a game like that, though, where you're <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I think Fred's going to win this time. Have fun, Fred. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to take these pieces, I'm going to throw them over there. Good luck, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but let us know all about that, all those family rules if you have them. And now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky. Uh, Dare I? ask what's going on over there so it's been many weeks since the mandalorian finished up season two yes remind me again how did you guys all feel about the season as a whole i i, I love the whole season like i loved the first two seasons i felt they both of them worked out in a perfect arc and uh extremely satisfying across the whole boards uh it's one of those there i don't know when i'll watch it again but i will watch it again I'm trying to get my dad to sit down so I can get him to watch it. So I'll watch it again at some point. But yeah. Joe? Yes, I also enjoyed the second season. Nice. So, so far, I would like to go back and watch the animated series or even just 
kind of binge all the movies and everything at some point, make it my task. The wife and I, that's our big overarching task. We started with uh, The Phantom Menace. Okay. Uh, went with Attack of the Clones. Whew, that was a rough one to get through. And then now we are stuck in the Clone Wars. Okay. Because the animated series ran for six seasons. And are they like 30-minute episodes or an yeah. hour long? Okay. 30-minute episodes, but the first five seasons are like 20 episodes a season. Ooh. So it's a slow roll. Like gotcha. We understand we're, ne- we're not going to get through it, but once we we do, then we'll go on to the movies and then Rebels and then the other movies and whatever other animated stuff comes out at that mm-hmm. point. Like, we're going to go through it uh, as we're going on. It's just, it's going to take a while. I feel like a lot of people who are diehard Star Wars fans, at least that I've noticed in my circle of people, and by my circle of people, I mean Facebook because I'm not seeing anybody outside <laughs> of my house at the moment. Uh, but even BJ, who I think has even seen some of the animated, really yeah. liked it, it seemed. Uh, but... For those who aren't super well-versed with everything, there's a bunch of plot holes, apparently, that fans couldn't help but notice. And I'm curious to see if how many of these you guys did notice. And okay. Like, like I said, we haven't seen everything, everything, so some of these may just go over our head. Yeah, if you have seen everything, everything, um, congratulations. But I also feel that if you want to go super deep into the Mandalorian lore, they take a lot out of Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. Like, we were just going to start watching, uh, like, the uh, uh, Ahsoka Tano uh, timeline because they have basically 60 episodes about her her that they've somebody has plotted out and we're like we're gonna watch that and then we realize there's actually a lot more that they reference so we're just deciding i will just watch the whole thing on our own due time it's it's a it's a good series so the first one being like a big big one that's going on that like people are upset about Uh so bo katan Mm -hmm. which we saw in the second season she's also in the animated series rebels yeah yep yep um voiced by katie sackoff and then played by katie sackoff which is pretty cool so it says in the new episode, Bo-Katan denies the Black Saber or the Dark Saber as it is only one through combat. Yeah. But in Rebels, she takes the Saber, no questions asked, from Sabine. She says something along the lines of, I take this in the name of my sister and Mandalore. So did she just change her mind? Why is she so hesitant to take it now? Ooh, that is interesting because I'm only in season two of Clone Wars and Sabine is a part of that. So you get to see that. And that was kind of like that, you know, that Leo DiCaprio meme moment. You're like, oh, you're pointing at the screen. It was like, oh, oh, wait, she's a wait. Wait, who is she? So we all looked up and found out all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bo-Katan doesn't come until the fourth season, I don't believe. Mm -hmm. And so it'll be interesting to see that. And kind of piece together, maybe, maybe there's a loophole or something. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, well, it's she's a pacifist, so I guess combat isn't combat. Like I don't know. I'll have to see how it goes along. But I mean, I can understand where they're just kind of rewriting a little bit on that. Could mm-hmm. be a witnesses thing too. She, yeah, there's a lot more witnesses around when uh, Mando, the Mandalorian, takes yep. the saber, and that's the truth. When it comes down to, if you think like Moff Gideon, like he is going to absolutely like shout it on high. If you've got like Mandalorian zealots who are like, you need to abide by all of this stuff, and then he's like, she didn't, and then that's going to cause some problems. As opposed to like when there's two sisters, maybe they can kind of be like a little. We're hmm. going to fudge this. Or yeah, that. we know the Mandalorian's also a rules lawyer, pretty hard. Yeah, all <laughs> yeah, versions of absolutely, him, it seems like. yeah. Yeah. Um, so going back to, I believe it was episode two, uh, when we meet the marshal and he's wearing oh, uh, yeah, Boba Fett's uh-huh. Was it Vance Cobb? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Played by Timothy Oliphant, who is playing another sheriff. <laughs> All right. So he was wearing <laughs> Boba Fett's armor. Mm-hmm. So the question here is, so why didn't Boba Fett take his armor off the marshal when they were both on Tatooine instead of tracking Mando, a much tougher opponent all over the galaxy? 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could stand to reason is that uh, the fact that Vance Cobb uh, has his home, like has the whole town yes. behind him with all of that. Um, who's going to be able to lay claim to Mandalorian armor when it comes to Tatooine is like finders keepers when it comes down to mm-hmm. it. And the simple fact that, oh, I can come up to another Mandalorian because they retconned how Boba Fett, like, like mm-hmm. basically they're saying, yeah, this armor is his because it was given, so it was handed down sort mm-hmm. of thing. So I kind of feel that it would be like, uh, Boba's biding his time. He doesn't want to start an all-out war with the town. And even though he is kind of a, a, a pain in the ass, I don't think he wants just to kill everyone. He just wants his targets. Right. I also remember from, do you guys remember the Phantom Menace when Darth Maul shows up and he shows up in the desert like on Tatooine like right at the end? Yeah. And they run away. That's kind of how I thought that scene was. Like he sh- he got down there and he was like, I'm here. And then he I'm just ready. watches the fly away. <laughs> no. My favorite part about that is the meme going out there. It was just like, Darth Maul didn't even know who this kid is. He just saw a kid in the desert and decided to try to run him over. (laughs) He was close, too. I know. I'm just picturing, like, trying to run up to the ice cream truck, and he ends up leaving before he can get there. Oh, I yeah. As a fat kid, I remember that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's a comeback. I want my Flintstones push pop. (laughs) I wanted the Choco Taco, man. All right. So this next plot hole is about how does Din, who is, like, the main Mandalorian, Pedro Mm -hmm. Pascal, not know Boba Fett? So this is the only plot hole that bothers me in the whole series, writes this person uh, from Reddit, Thorinilix. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Din is a Mandalorian bounty hunter who is a part of the Bounty Hunter Guild. How in the world does he not know who Boba Fett is? So here you have... Are here you have who has always been referred to as the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy, and he also is known for wearing Mandalorian armor. So... Like Slave One, I believe that's what it's called. Is yeah, recognizable. Yeah, that's his ship. Yeah. Okay. To put this in perspective, it would be like a pro basketball player who doesn't know who Michael Jordan is. It doesn't make sense. And they, it's like I would all uh, like to add that Din appears to be familiar with Tatooine, a place that would be especially familiar with Boba due to his hut connections. Mm-hmm. So how does that? How do you guys feel about that one? Uh, I like this one's tough. It's a gigantic galaxy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can kind of have ha, like hand wave explain that sort of thing away. It's like I am great to everybody that knows me. Maybe he knows of Boba Fett. Maybe he's never seen the armor, so there's no recognition there. Like, yeah, it's tough because of how ingrained, especially like the armorer mm-hmm. has been. Like you would kind of like imagine that if you're going to Tatooine, maybe it's like, and maybe you'll see something or like that. Like it just seems that that is kind of a, a hard plot hole just to kind of gloss over. And it, it kind of falls in line with the whole idea of, yes, he's a Mandalore or a Mandalorian, excuse me. And there's other Mandalorians that are the same but different that take off their helmets. Like, how did you not know about these people if you've been traveling all over the galaxy? Like, it'd be like somebody who is like, I'm just going to throw out religion, like Christian. And it's like, oh, wait, you are also Christian, but you're like Christian Catholic or Christian Baptist or whatever it is. Like, it's kind of the same but different. Yeah. And how, like, how do you not know about it when you're a traveler? Yeah, the only explanation I would say at this point is that it's a, gi- a gigantic galaxy and you're not going to know every single person that's mm-hmm. in uniform, even though it's mm-hmm. the Mandalorian armor and it's kind of like there's not a lot of them. So, yeah. Uh. That, yeah, that's probably one of those <laughs> that they were like, we could explain it, but the amount of time it's going to take on screen. Yeah, yeah, maybe just because of story reasons. I like that's probably the best explanation yeah. with that one. 
Uh, this one is, uh, I didn't really think about this one. Um, so is Baby Yoda wanted dead or alive? So in the first episode, Mando is told that they want the baby alive yeah. or that they would accept proof of termination for a reduced reward. However, after he teamed up with IG-11 and finally found Baby Yoda in the Bandit's complex, is it IG-11 or IG-11? IG-11, I believe. Okay, IG-11 raises his weapon and points it at the baby, saying something to the effect of, yeah, I'm sorry, but the commission was very explicit. And then Mando shoots IG-11 and takes the baby back himself. Mm Mm-hmm. In episode three, when Mando goes back to rescue the baby, he uses a scope to earwig a conversation between the Imperial warlord and the doctor, where the doctor says they were explicitly ordered to bring the baby back alive. Mm-hmm. So what's going on here? The only explanation I can think of is that IG-11 was commissioned by somebody else who wants the baby dead, perhaps to stop you know, the ex-Imperials from doing whatever experiments they want to do on it. But why would a warlord tell Mando he could kill the baby if necessary as long as he proved it was dead? I, I think and that this one actually I can explain pretty well in terms of just like, all right, so you've got something that's very necessary for your project and you want to make sure to get it to extract whatever is from it um, as quickly and efficiently as possible. But there's also other people out there who want to get it. It's kind of a scorched earth thing. Mm-hmm. If I can't have it, no one has. And we'll just start fresh somewhere else or try to harvest it via whatever you get from it. It just seems to be sort of kind of like a, even a corporate greed sort of thing in terms of I want mine. And if I can't have it, nobody can. Yeah. And that's generally why they offer a bigger reward if they're alive. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that one, that one I'm, I'm okay with. This one cracks me up because I didn't even think about it until just now. Uh oh. <laughs> so going back to that episode, the second episode, we see, see Bill Burr's character Mayfield when they kind mm-hmm. of pull him out of jail to help them, you know, go find Moff Gideon. Yeah. Um. So they have to infiltrate this, you know, vehicle, and it's carrying a bunch of volatile substances that could explode. Yeah. But it's like in a universe with ubiquitous hover technology, why would the Empire use wheeled vehicles to transport incredibly volatile substances? Because they're dumb. Yep. That's all I got. Like, so seriously, like, like, on that one, it's like, um. It's like, I'm um, going to drive around in this big bumpy car carrying um, explosives well, when I could just use a hover vehicle. Funds are tight. <laughs> it, uh, the second Death Star just exploded. <laughs> They're kind of reeling from all of that. Maybe they can't get all of those nice little hovering transports to the farthest reaches of the outer rim. That's, I'm, I'm spitballing. They That's broke up I, the, they broke the dolly. The yeah, backup dolly yeah, is all exactly, they had. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was. I think that one is just an error in judgment on the uh, Empire's part. Uh, in the same episode, uh, Din has to remove his helmet so he can get Moth Gideon's location. The explanation is Mayfield, Bill Burr's character, says can't go into the officer's mess to get the terminal because he could potentially be recognized, which mm-hmm. is proven irrelevant later. So Mando has to go and do it himself. Mayfield doesn't think he will do it because he has to s- scan your face, but he does it anyways to save Grogu. So the plot hole is, doesn't it recognize the face being scanned doesn't match the one on file, which is Mayfield? This is literally just face ID, which is on millions of devices around the world already. So it doesn't seem like a stretch. It could just be, it's, would it be the technology advanced Star Wars universe? It's face ID. Oh, you have a face? All right, you're good. <laughs> like, yeah, that's actually a really bad one. That yeah. one, is, I mean, I, it works good because it shows, hey, he's willing to uh, give up his beliefs to do this. 
but also that is not how facial recognition software would work. So the only explanation this person states uh, I can think of is that his login was shared between his division or whatever, and the facial scan is just for login logging and purpose, purposes, not identification. See, yeah, just like their streaming services. Sure. It kind of makes me think of, so when you have a, a Facebook fan page, yeah, uh, when everyone has access when to it. When everyone has yeah. access to it, but like on our end on our pages, we can see who commented or who posted or who replied to a message. Yeah. It'll say who the actual person is. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> it's um, not really, yeah, it's just not a good one. Sure. <laughs> All right, so last one. Okay. So, was Baby Yoda killed by Kylo? Get out. Can we not? I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> oh, All right. So, because I also thought, I'm like, was this would this have been like somebody that uh, Luke Skywalker would have tried to kill? Would he have been old enough? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, in the fi- in the season finale of The Mandalore, Luke shows up to save the day. He then, after a heart wrenching goodbye, takes Grogu with him to train him in the ways of the Force. This is Disney's new canon. So here's my question: Are we going to assume that Grogu was still in training with Luke during the events of? pre-Force Awakens and that he was one of the students killed by Kylo and the Knights of Ren. Species age differently and Grogu's species age ages longer, thus lives longer. So do they train longer as apprentices or is the span in training about the same for every Padawan learner regardless of their species? This is crucial because with, with some well brought up info we could deduce whether or not Grogu was present. Grogu, not Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure I didn't say that. But uh, was he present during Kylo's uprising? It is obvious that Grogu chose his path as a Jedi, having gone with Luke, and did not continue his time with Mando, at least to this point. Just something to think about. I mean, it is possible, because, I mean, if he's still aging, he's still a baby, but he's still very smart. He still mm-hmm. has all this training under his belt, even though he's kind of toddler age-esque. Yeah, my um, assumption was that one of two things was going to happen. Either A, you're right, and he does end up either dying to Kylo or gets shipped away at some point, or mm-hmm. B, he has like a blood disease or something. Because his blood is really important genetically to make clones, but they also said in the first season that if they didn't get him back to the people who were working on him, that he was going to die. So Yeah, I'm just kind of, I'm also wondering at that point, too, um, how it's going to connect with that. Because I would have to imagine that, yeah, he's taking him back to the temple, and then S went down with him and Kylo, but was he still there training? Because that was, I mean... Grogu is 50, they said, Mm -hmm. and I think it's something like a 20-something-odd-year timeline in between. So, like, 20's not that long. Oh, it would be badass if Grogu was actually the one who fought Kylo, and that's why, like, Kylo Mm. had to leave, because Grogu survives, but then, of course, Luke is still traumatized from the fact that Kylo's turned evil and And he's lost Han's son and stuff. Everything's broken apart. We don't know who the Knights of Ren. What if Grogu's a Knight of Ren? They just got a little... (laughs) Bitty one. And they go back and do a director's cut, and we yeah. just see a little Grogu little... Ren. I'm in. I'm in for Grogu Ren. That's what I want. This is now my new head cannon. I just oh have to imagine God. episode ten. You're gonna see a itty bitty Yoda with a little Kylo Ren mask, and uh, some ass kicking will ensue. Oh my God. That's yeah, mine. <laughs> well, do you guys have any plot holes you feel in the Mandalorian series, or is there any head cannons you have, or anything you're hoping to see down the line? Right. And until next time, stay nerdy.